morning, good afternoon, good night. What's going on, guys? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology. We're back. We're in James chapter 5, verse 7 through 11. Uh, we're about to switch to the poor. We talked about the rich and the condemnation that comes upon them because of how they make their money or how they use their money. And so now we're going to talk about those who he is oppressing. And remember how we talked about the three big ideas that come from James, and that is wisdom, uh, which this whole book is about wisdom, but it was about wisdom. And then uh, it was also about enduring through trials. And then finally, it's about uh, the, the poor and the rich. And then this, uh, the last the last couple of episodes, we talked about the rich. Um, but now this episode, we're going to talk about the poor, you know, the, 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 the stratus between them. But then also we're going to talk about enduring suffering and what this produces and how we can move through it. Not only knowing that uh, we're going to look like Christ, but that Christ is coming to take vengeance, man. So let's go ahead and jump into it. If you haven't read it, go ahead, stop the tape, check it out, then come back. We'll ask the questions. If you've already read it, then no further ado. Let's get it. So what does James chapter 5, 7 through 11 say? What is James actually saying? Well, he's saying blessed. He says, blessed. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. He says, be patient. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at a group and sometimes I, I look and get those two words confused. But actually he says, be patient, brothers. He says, be patient. So those who are in this suffering, the ones who are farmers, maybe being exploited by the rich, he's telling them to be patient. But the patience that he has is that uh, it's because the Lord's appearing. We're waiting for the Lord's appearing or the Lord's return, the second coming. That's what we're waiting on. And we must be patient for it. And he gives an example. He says about the, the um, farmer and, and what he has to do to uh, wait for the rain in order for his crops to grow because he's patient for it. But the patience that we're talking about here, this patience is not a um, passive patience because he uses the example of a farmer. But what does a farmer have to do in order to have the crop actually grow? Of course, he has to wait on the rain. That thing is, there's nothing he can do about that. But there are other things that he can do to prepare for that rain. He has to till the ground, plant the seed. You know, he has to do uh, uh, make sure the ground is good. He has to check on this, the stuff. Uh, he has to do all of these things to get it ready in order for when that rain comes, that he can receive the fruit. And so us, as we are being patient, we're not just idle doing nothing, but we are preparing our hearts. We are reading the scripture. We are trusting more in the Lord. We are faithful to one another. We are loving to the people around us. All the things that the book of James is actually talking about are the things that we're doing to show our patience because it's not just a, an idle thing that we're doing. Our, heart, our actions demonstrate our heart. And so with the patience, recognizing, knowing that Christ will appear again, then we are getting ready so that we will be ready when he comes. That's why it says, he says, be patient. And he says, establishing your heart or strengthening your heart. He says, because Jesus is near. Okay. But then he continues and he says, don't grumble. 
He says, uh, against one another. So don't take the things outside that's maybe distressing, causing you pain. Don't bring them into the house, man. Don't bring them into the house. And then he gives another example, and he talks about the prophets, and he talks about Job. And so I think what the prophets is what he's saying is like sometimes we like to stand up and take arms over things. And the prophets, in most cases, now I'm not going to say all cases, because we do have a few like Elijah, man, where he, he took he took down them folks. But in most cases, the prophets would just speak the words of God under condemnation. Even though uh, um, even though the people around them would like uh, uh, revile them and, and, and hate them, spit on them and talk bad about them, man. They would still profess the truth of the word of God and endure the suffering. See, that's the example that we should take as we live our lives today. As we endure this suffering, we still speak truth to them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But we don't we don't take up arms to do like fighting or, or, or uh, trying to steal the vengeance or the judgment from the Lord, because in, in this particular uh, book specifically, it says that there is one judge. And it ain't us. And then finally, it gives, it says the, the example of Job. And then we, we look at Job as the, the prototype or the example of patience because we see he went through so much stuff. And what do we always say? That he never cursed God. He never cursed God. And see, he may not have known, but we do as we have the scriptures and we see the purpose of God. And that is exactly, that is exactly what James is talking about, is man, that during these trials and these tribulations, God has a purpose in it. And so whatever it is that you're going through, whatever trials and tribulations that you're going to take courage, because in it, there is a purpose. There is a reason that God is bringing you through this. And to me, in most cases, the reason is so that we can look more like Jesus. That's the goal. That's the purpose is so that we can look more like him. And so know that. So what is this saying about God? That the Lord has a plan. Okay. The Lord has a plan. I think that's the biggest thing about it is that in anything that we're going through, if we trust the fact that God has a plan in all things, that is how we strengthen our heart. That is how we establish our heart for the day of his return. And we also know that uh, God is compassionate and gracious, man. He said there was a purpose and we saw the purpose was compassion and grace. And he shows that abundantly and above all. And so some of those people who we want to take vengeance on, if we wait for the Lord, maybe that vengeance will be taken out on his son, Jesus, as those people become part of the family of God as they know who Christ is and are changed in this world to a new creation. Because some of the reason in which we are put into the lives of others, that they can ridicule us and malign us, is so that when they do so and we speak well of them, even in those situations, this is something that I've been reading in First Peter. It says, man, that they may glorify God on the day of his visitation. And so that compassion and that mercy that God has, Man, it could be showed on those because of us being in their life. So remember that, man. What's this saying about God or man? What is this saying about man? It says that we are to be patient in suffering. Patience in suffering. And remember that the Lord is coming, man. He is near. He is on his way. So let us do that. Let us do that. 
And then finally, how can we apply these truths? I think that we could apply these truths by trusting in Christ, knowing and thinking about his return, and then living in light of that. Remembering his grace and compassion, and then showing that grace and compassion on others. So if I break it down, I would say, remember his return is coming. Remember his return is coming. And live and let it live.